I want to welcome everybody to the world, according to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. If, for those that could hear my voice, it's a little bit better than it was the other night. Progress, not perfection. Uh, I want to welcome all our rumblers and ranters, the people that download the show at a later time. And always remind you, if you want to rumble and rant live, just go to Rumble, subscribe to Ben's channel, and you too could rumble and rant away. It is welcome on the world according to Ben Stein. We welcome you, ladies and gentlemen. We truly do. And also non-single, what is it? Non-binaries. Non-binary, non-binary. Yes. We welcome you non-binary too. And also non-white, non-binary, non-white, non-rich. We welcome everyone. Lloyd, welcome to the show. I'll introduce you in a second. But I got to tell you something amazingly funny that you bring it up. One of my favorite curmudgeon writers from New York City, he writes for the New York Post. He's got... His name is Phil Mushnick, and uh, he now like leads off with when he writes. He says, "Ladies and gentlemen, and whatever you consider yourselves." And uh, I just f- found that to be sort of brilliant from Phil Mushnick. Oh, uh, so racist. It, well, that's that's. I'm kidding. kidding. Okay, kidding. let's get this show started because we are joined for the first time by Lloyd Billingsley. He's a policy. He's a policy fellow at the Independent Institute and a columnist for American Greatness. He's written at least 15 books I'm looking at. And uh, rumor has it, you are Canadian, Lloyd. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll own up to that. <laughs> Where in Canada are you from, my friend? Ontario. Very nice. But we, we welcome you to our show on our little entity, and we are proud to have you with us. And thank you, Ben Boychuk, for making the, as in Yiddish, we say the shidduch. So thank you very much, Ben Boychik. Is he here? I don't see him. No, here he's at all. not. Ben Boychik's not here. Lloyd's here. And uh, Ben, of course, the show wouldn't be complete without, of course, the former speechwriter for three presidents, multiple Emmy Award winner. Uh, but I got to say, we the other night with Ali Alexander on, I, I I got so many compliments and so many about. We forget often that you did graduate from Yale Law School. And uh, you were the valedictorian of your class. But wait, I certainly did not have the highest grades in my class. I was elected by my classmates. It was the only time, as far as I know, that we ever elected the valedictorian. And I was elected because I stood up to the teachers and didn't let them bully us with their uh, fascist hyena Socratic method. I can tell we're going to have a fun show tonight because I got to tell you, Lloyd, when we were emailing topics today, Lloyd, you said some really funny things in there. I didn't know half of what you meant, but I said at that point, Lloyd, we're going to be in the exact same boat. Okay. I thought we were going to discuss uh, the view from Sunset Boulevard by then. Oh, that was one of my best earliest books, and I I worked like a dog on it. I'm and, a very, like a very lazy dog. But Lloyd has a very similar book, not oh, similar, not similar. But Lloyd also wrote a book, I think, in in the eighties, uh, Hollywood Party, about how uh, when communism, I think, took over in the thirties and forties, if I'm not mistaken, Lloyd. I did write that book. I'll own up to that too. <laughs> and you see, I, I that, did my. I'll order that tonight I, on Amazon. I'll order that tonight. I did my due diligence, and I'm That's very great. proud of myself. That's great. That's great. That's and great. Uh, That's great. and and for people that are just tuning in, we were very irrever- irreverent, but to the point. And I think you should probably read both books because Ben's view from Sunset Boulevard is frightening, and uh, it's and I'm sure Lloyd's book about how communism took over Hollywood in the 30s and the 40s is 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 uh, frightening, and both of your books probably ring so true today if not more now than they actually did then but yes it's, it's, it's incredible how true it is yeah it's, but it's incredible except that it's right happening right in front of us every day so it's not really incredible lloyd could the same be said for your book uh that what could be said that that <laughs> that it rings as true today. That, that a more. good that a good ribeye steak in Toronto is more expensive than one in Manhattan. I I, I would say um, uh, probably more so. Apparently, Hollywood is not making movies for the Chinese market. 
I, I'm, I'm I'm happy to tell you I haven't seen a single one, but I, I can imagine what the what the content is like. No, well, you, you raise a good point, awesome. and the one movie that's done amazingly well has refused to release in the Chinese market, which is Top Gun, and it's it showed that it could still a movie could still make over a billion dollars worldwide and not cater and capitulate to the Chinese market. But right off the bat, the name of tonight's show is Biden, Biden on the wall. And for people that are not familiar with this subject, Ben called me up and I'm sure Lloyd's familiar with this, but to, to, to really get, understand this thing, Norm, the Rockwells wanted the paintings out of the White House, Ben. So oh, I did not, I did yeah. not know. Maybe you should explain who the Rockwells are. Well, Norman Rockwell is one of the most famous uh, 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 painters of uh, classic Americana. Of classic Americana, uh, homegrown, he, he, homegrown he was, families around the table, happy American life, uh, very a wildly pro-American propagandist, and and a truth teller. And he and uh, very for, very talented artist, especially for the Saturday Evening Post. Uh, one of his most famous paintings for the Saturday Evening Post, since Ben and I are in the Twelve Steps, is uh, his picture with uh, two people standing over a sick guy in bed that helped raise the profile for people in the Twelve Step world. That saved that picture alone saved thousands of lives, and so they wanted it removed. So. They now, may I ask why they wanted? They didn't. They didn't say. I didn't. It didn't say in the story. But uh, Biden decided on Tuesday to put four pictures of himself. Now I said jokingly it was to remind himself of who he is, uh, so he doesn't forget. But also, Ben, I, I know where you're going, and I know where Lloyd's going to go on this. But I'm surprised. More, I, I, I know where I would go, and I'm just joking. But I'm more surprised that he didn't put up Hunter's art um that's uh, quite funny that's quite funny but i think you were leading down to the road of dictatorship and that's what a dictator would do ben well i'm leading down to the road of comrade stalin who took down great many great works of art and, and the russians really really had some incredible works of art uh and uh, put up in instead portraits of stalin and uh, of course the fuhrer uh, took down all the works of art by great German uh, and, and French uh, artists and put up uh, museums of German fighting men, German working men, all with decided homoerotic homo themes. To be sure, there's nothing wrong with that. And uh, but those were uh, and, and something is something similar to that is going on at the Biden White House in which we have uh, art as really great art being replaced by uh, garbage art intended to glorify a person who's a joke well who, uh, said who wrote who did these paintings that joe biden put on the wall that's a very good question that's a, that is a great question <laughs> has anyone seen them uh no it's just i i i don't think there have been pictures i i, I think this is one of those things lloyd they might not want to release it's sort of like whoever I always say took the photo of Bush over Katrina, uh, I, I would imagine. But Lloyd, to the bigger point of it being a dictator, uh, I, I uh, as as you, you, Lloyd, for people that are not familiar with Lloyd, he's a brilliant writer. He wrote a piece called "The Life of Brian" uh, for in this week's uh, American Greatness, and it, it's something that got passed over that did, people didn't see. And I'll let Lloyd explain. But one of the people that worked for Biden, one of his top aides, Lloyd, right? Brian, what's his name? Deese. Deese. Brian Deese. Yeah, Brian Deese, who called for the new uh, world liberal world order, right? Brian. Uh, a CNN anchor was asking, what about, can families cope with these high gasoline prices forever? And that, that, that was his answer. This, this is all part of the liberal new world order. Now, the, the, the CNN people didn't pursue that. And uh, I think they, they joked on the Gutfeld show that since it was on CNN, no one heard it. <laughs> <laughs> so so that, that may be the case, but you know, it's a, it's a liberal new, what's liberal about it? Who, who runs it? Do, do we vote for the people who run it? You know, have they written any books? What are they? So, so the, the cat's out of the bag. I, I had never heard of this fellow and, and 
until I started looking around and uh, I thought it might make an interesting piece. No, I think it's an exceptional piece. And I think going back to Ben's point of dictatorship, this is obviously Ben Stein. The, the, uh, I mean, it was always Trump, the dictator, right? It was always Trump, this and that. But all of a sudden, Ben, you have four pictures of yourself in the Oval Office. They're calling for this new, pretty much liberal world order, which, as you said, is make to, is the death of the Constitution, Ben Stein, and to make people suffer however badly they can. Yes, to make people suffer by, one, lowering their standard of living. Uh, but that's, that's the least of the problems, uh, mostly by taking away their constitutional rights and their rights to live in a country that is based upon freedom and uh, the uh, decency of the human character and the uh, protection of the human family uh, against uh, government interference and government harm, uh, for, unless there's an extremely compelling reason. So yeah. there's a, this is a the new the new uh, Biden slash Kamala Harris world order is uh, very very similar startlingly similar to uh, the new. Uh, or should I say Goebbels or Julius Stryker, a world order. It's a world order that does not really care much about the freedom and dignity of the individual. It cares a lot about the exaltation of uh, certain uh, political figures, uh, especially uh, non-white ones and uh, non-binary ones. <laughs> Lloyd, were you more, sh it, 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 none of this is shocking anymore, but were you were you more captivated by the fact that it's almost like they don't care anymore what they say. They're being completely open and transparent as this person was when they used to really lie about it. No, I, I think I think that's right. You well, know, because they don't have anything to fear. Lord, Lord, they have nothing to fear because the, the people who, who could hold them to account, namely the uh, media, is, is their, is their uh, what should I say, their handmaid. They're handmaiden and they're captive. And uh, in many ways, the people in government are the captives of the media. Media is, is a captive and the politicians are captives. They're all, they're all working in together. No, I, I think that's right. It, you, you could call it sado socialism. It, there's almost a, a, a delight in inflicting the, this punishment on, on the people. You know, Biden, it's as long as it takes, as long as it takes, and so on. As long as it takes for what, Biden? Oh, oh uh, well, he's blaming Putin f for the gas prices. So that was um, that was ahead of the statement by Brian Deese about the New World Order. I see. Well, this is now, now I want to thank you, uh, Lloyd and, and Judah, of course, for informing me about this, because I did not know about this. I've been up in North Idaho for roughly a week, and uh, we don't really concentrate on uh, news like this. We are interested in fishing and hunting, and uh, I, I myself would not be hunting. I'm scared of, of uh, the idea of shooting animals who can't shoot back. It repels me. But the uh, but uh, I, I'm I'm scared. I'm scared to death of a government that is trying very rapidly to knock down the uh, protections in the Bill of Rights. Uh, you're gonna... we're, supposed to, we're, supposed to, we're supposed to like it. I know, but we don't, we don't like it. I'm we're, sorry, we're, there's we're, a hell of a lot of things we're supposed, supposed to do that I don't like. Yeah. We're supposed to say Joe, Joe, is, Joe, Joe Biden is doing a, 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 a fantastic job. He's, uh, I well, in, a, in a way, he is doing a fantastic job. He's doing a fantastically horrible job. Well, I, I wrote a piece called the, the Pangloss Presidency. He's like, he's like Voltaire's Dr. Pangloss. You know, Candide, he had catastrophe all around him. And Dr. Pangloss said, you live in the best of all possible worlds. And that, that's what's, what's coming out of the Biden White House. We are to believe that this is what... What is going on now is what people were panting for in, in 2020. This is what we wanted. And we, and we, we just can't see it. What a, what a fantastic job this guy is doing. Yeah, this is, well, this is, well I, said. You're, putting, you're putting it in a way that uh, makes my blood run cold because uh, I don't think most Americans wanted for the uh, Supreme Court to be packed. 
I don't think most Americans wanted for people who were just uh, sightseeing in the Capitol and stepped on the grass to be put in prison in solitary confinement without their having been shown to have committed any kind of crime besides trespassing on the grass. Uh, I don't think they wanted a society in which uh, abortion is considered a heroic act in which the murder of a baby by the baby's mother uh, when the baby is completely innocent and completely defenseless is considered a heroic act. Uh, I mean, this is an America I personally do not recognize. I understand I understand very, about abortion. I'm very, very sensitive to that. I understand that it is extremely sensitive, extremely sensitive matter. And I, I wish there was more uh, in the way of adoption in this country and in this world in general. Uh, but I, what I do see, I'm sorry to say, is a world in which we're told that a baby is not a human being, despite every single bit of evidence that exists showing that it is a human being and uh, he or she is a human being. And uh, to, to try to make that, the, the next step after that is to say that a Jew is not a human being. The next step after that is to say that a Mormon is not a human being. The next step after that is to say that an Uyghur is not a human being. Uh, there are a lot of steps after that. Well said. And Lloyd, to your point, I think the bigger point is he, he did say this is what he was going to do. They, 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 they Loud and clear, this regime beforehand, right? He was going to shut down coal. He was going to do He was crystal clear about his agenda. Now, neither Ben or myself believe that, he's the leg- that, that he actually won. But nonetheless, Lloyd, to your point, he told us. It's it, it's demolition. It, it's, a, it's demolition of something incredibly great. I mean, uh, yes. the, the greatest uh, uh, British statesman of all time, perhaps, said that the Constitution was the greatest uh, work of human genius ever struck off by the hand of man at any one given time, and uh, uh, that was. Uh, uh, and, and yet we see the Constitution being spat upon because it was written by old white men. Well, of course, it was written over 250 years ago. Of course, they would be old by now. And of course, they were white because that was who was allowed to write and vote in any meaningful way in those days. And of course, of course, of course, of course, of course, slavery was a hideous, hideous, horrible, unbelievably bad thing. But... The Bill of Rights of the Constitution is probably the most succinct and powerful statement of the dignity of human beings, of the ineradicable dignity of human beings that there ever has been written down. And to try to attack that and knock that down because some of the people who wrote this were slave owners is insane. I mean, I will tell you, if I may, that I believe that if you look carefully through gloss, gloss, gloss of uh, on the uh, Bible, the number of the uh, saints were by slave owners. Certainly, a great, great many of the people in the Old Testament who were considered great geniuses and messiahs of uh, the Word of God were slave owners. Is that to say that the Constitution is invalid and unimportant because some of the people who wrote, wrote, wrote this were slave owners? It, it's just appalling. Agreed. Yeah, and Lloyd, I to your to to Ben's point just now, Lloyd. I don't know. I just think they just want to destroy. I don't. I don't. I don't think there's rhyme or reason. I I just think that they wake up. And whatever they say, Lloyd, is the word of is the law. It's the speaking law. It's the acting law. It's anything, Lloyd. Well, I think am I allowed to comment? If I'm allowed well, to comment, let me get to Lloyd first. The, I think the aim of this is society society where you get only what the government wants you to have. I think. Obama laid the groundwork for that with Obamacare. You can, uh, you can keep your doctor, of course you can't. You can keep your plan, of course you can't. He was looking to Hillary Clinton. That was demolition. He was looking to Hillary Clinton to implement the government healthcare, which he called single payer 
and, and, and so on. That didn't work out. You had the Trump interlude and now Biden is carrying on with, with, with that legacy. It's, 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 it's a takedown project. It involves, as you say, the uh, destruction of the constitution, but the, the, the kind of society they want is where you get only what the government wants you to have. And that is a terrifying situation because that is precisely national socialism. Sure. I mean, it's an astonishing thing. And I'm a little bit embarrassed to say that I have re read most, by no means all, of Mein Kampf. I don't want to say I've read it all because I haven't. But uh, it is a very scary thing how the general themes of the Democrat Party at this point are themes from uh, Mein Kampf. And these are themes having to do with the fact that the will of the people is best expressed through one great leader uh, rather than through the, through the uh, uh, votes of a million different scattered people. And the, the, uh, there's no meaning and need for political parties anymore because all the decisions will be made by one great man. And that would be the Fuhrer. And in this case, the Fuhrer would be uh, whoever the Democrats decided he would be. The idea of Joe Biden being a Fuhrer is a joke. I mean, there's, a, there's this extremely, extremely wonderful thing uh, circulating on the internet called Hitler Rants. I don't know how many of you have seen it, but it's just hysterically funny. And you can easily see how you could stick uh, Joe Biden's face on the face of Adolf Hitler. And it would just make your brain, brains blow out of your head. It's so funny. I think a, a helpful book on this uh, is uh, Unto Caesar by F.A. Voigt. I, I cited it in a, in a recent article. And as he shows, the, the, the demonology of the National Socialists and, and the Communists is essentially the same. You have the, uh, the anti-bourgeois feeling and then the, the, the racist feeling uh, and the, the shopkeepers and, and the, the Jews in National Socialist demonology are, are the same people. So against us, we have this kind of domestic Nazi-Soviet pact. Uh, working against us, and it's a, it's a. I wish someone would republish the book. It's just an absolutely brilliant, brilliant book. Unto Caesar. Uh, I will look for it. Would you be be kind enough to tell us the name of the author again, please? F. A. Voigt. F. O. I. G. H. T. Thank you. And I, I really, um, if you just tuned in, you are listening to the world according to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Steinem, for the first time. We are joined by Lloyd Billingsley, and I, I, I'll say we'll have him on again because I actually find you uh, quite interesting. He's from, uh, he writes for America, he writes for pretty much everybody as I'm looking through his, uh, <laughs> he's from the, from the Independent Institute, and you pretty much write for a bunch of people. And we discuss this a lot, Lloyd, and I want to get to Ben, because it's, it's such an important thing to discuss because the left constantly since I, I know they called Nixon Hitler, pretty much every Republican sure. president has yeah. been called Hitler. They've been compared to Nazis as much as I did. It's like, you know, but it, Ben, when we're referring to this and you're referring, we're not, we're simply, you're simply stating how they got to power and how easy and sort of how easy it was. And most people, because they don't know history, don't realize the hop, skip and a jump that got to Hitler. And it was an interesting, thank you very much. The, the hop, skip, and a jump is particularly eerie right now because a large part of the hop was inflation. Post-war inflation in Weimar, Germany was just horrifying, destroyed the savings and the dignity of a great many million Germans and made them feel rudderless and anxious, which is, by the way, the exact... Uh, ideology of uh, schizophrenia and made for a, a nation of lost souls looking for someone to rescue them. And uh, that turned out to be the uh, Nazi party. And, uh, and then there was the uh, need to have someone to hate. And so the person to hate turned out to be the Jews because uh, there, there they were, the Jews were, the Jews are historically quite flexible and adapting, very good at adapting to change situations and so they changed, they adapted to the change in situation after World War One, and where they seemingly did not suffer as much 
as Gentiles. I'm not sure whether that's true or not. I don't, don't, I simply don't know. But there, there, there is a theme here. We are going to give you a strong leader who's going to have a simple program. And a simple program is keep the people who are troublemakers, capitalists, Jews, mm. people who are pro-Israel, keep them whack, 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 whack. Down. I want, yeah, perfectly. And, and we're, we and we're, and we and the rest of us who are the, the good people, which is to say black people, are going to have our day at last. And it is absolutely true, 100% true, that the black man in America was wildly mistreated for a very, very long time. Wildly, horrifyingly mistreated for a very long time. But now they want theirs and they want back. They want their, they want their, their place in the sun and uh, they're, they're determined to get it. And the Democrats are convinced that they can win elections by promising black people they'll get their place in the sun. It doesn't matter that this situation, this promise has never worked out. It has never turned out to give the black people of America what they wanted. Never, it's never worked out. Never. And just to prove how incredibly ridiculous it is, you never see any black people emigrating from the United States to Africa. Never. It doesn't happen. It doesn't exist. It's a non-existent phenomenon. Why? Because life in America is great. And even though the truth is that black people are suffering to a large extent, uh, they are incomparably better off than they would be in Africa. And that's because of the Constitution. Lloyd? Some people, uh, uh, the jazz drummer, Art, Art Blakey, actually moved to Africa and then he moved right back. He came back. And, and yeah, he said, quick. He came back he said, quick. He said, Africa has nothing to do with jazz. He says, jazz is from America. No America, no jazz. That's what he said. Well, there was a reporter for the Washington Post, a great newspaper it used to be, and I will say that because I, your humble servant, was once a cub reporter and just a lowly office boy. Well, so is Washington Lloyd. Post. He's also written for the Post. Well, yeah, was, one article. <laughs> well, I've, I've written many, many articles. Them. And, the, uh, and uh, there was a, a reporter, an African-American reporter uh, who, uh, who moved to Equatorial Africa, I don't know which country, but somewhere in the region of the equator, a very large region in Africa. Uh, and, and he hated it. He came back very quickly, kissed the ground at Washington National Airport when he got off the plane, said he would not go back under any circumstances. He was fired by the post and couldn't get hired anywhere else. Do you remember when uh, Jimmy Carter sent uh, Muhammad Ali on a Goodwill mission to Africa. Do you remember that? I, I don't, but it sounds like a great. Yeah, please, please share this. One, one quote he said, you know, some of these, he was in Africa, he said, some of these countries, the ice cream isn't even cold. <laughs> well, that's very, very funny. It's very, very funny. <laughs> well, well, there's a great book. One of the great writers in America who does not get the credit, anywhere near the credit he deserves for his genius is uh, Pat Buchanan. And uh, he, he is really, really smart. And a lot of people just consider him terrible, racist, anti-Semite, which is just nonsense. He's always been extremely nice to me. And I was Jewish as a loaf of, of pumpernickel bread. And uh, he, uh, Pat Buchanan, guess, wrote a, 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 a chapter of a book about what happened in Africa after various countries were liberated from colonialism and what they did to their leaders. And it is so terrifying, it's just blood curdling. It's exactly like what's happening in America with the black leaders right now. Some of the, the great black American writers are, are, I would say, woefully neglected. Thomas Sowell, even, even Richard Wright. Richard Wright has a chapter in this book, The God That Failed, all about the failures of communism. I did not know that. I know the book, but I did not know that. And I, right I'm glad you told me about it. It has one of the one of the best chapters in that book. And he he left the Communist Party. Even even a even a guy like James Baldwin, you don't you don't hear much about him now. Well, because because James Baldwin started out 
saying something's wrong here with the so-called black liberation movement because we're complaining about a situation in which we are really better off than we ever dreamed we would be. And uh, nobody ever uh, gives America credit or the Constitution credit for that, but they should. And uh, for that, uh, and, and then, then, so for, for that, it was wildly criticized by the left. And so the next book, he came out and said, America's terrible, America's garbage, America's hot poisonous to the black men. And then he became a hero again. Yeah, right. But getting back to it, to your point, but, but both of you, just great points. But uh, Lloyd, getting back to it, uh, with you're from you're from Canada, obviously, and I always uh, love to hear because you're most people we, we discuss on the show don't realize that we are the only people with a constitution, and uh, I'm always curious from an outsider's perspective. How do you look at America the way we treat? It's the greatest thing ever written, and we and so many of the people in this country. What is, what is the greatest thing? The, con- ever the Constitution, and but Lloyd comes from a place with no Constitution, and I'm always curious when I when we meet people that are conservatives, uh, or you know, how they view the destruction of the Constitution from a country. Lloyd, as you know, they they've taken their guns in Canada. You pretty much do have a dictatorship with Trudeau. How frightening is it? How weird is it to see this destruction going on before your eyes? Well, I, I, I've been here continuously since 1977. Uh, when I grew up in Canada, it was the British North America Act was the was the Constitution. Trudeau uh, patriotized that, or how, however you want to call it. Uh, and they have, you now have the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, w- which I have not read. So, say what you will, I, I haven't read it. So that, that is in effect the constitution. Um, Ca- Canada's ruling classes just utter, utterly d- despise the, the United States. The, they would take a, the, the lowest possible view of the-, of the of now, why, why is that Lloyd, why is that? You know, uh, Tr- Trudeau really, Trudeau, he's he's the equivalent of your your great leader. Uh, he said the United States was a th- a threat to Canada's national identity, it, like saying Paraguay is a threat to the national identity of Argentina. It's just ridiculous. Now, wait a second, wait a second. When you say he is uh, the equivalent of our great national leader, surely you are not referring to Joseph Biden. No, no, I would say that would be the equivalent of like Obama. You dare criticize Obama. <laughs> sure. Sure. I, 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 wrote a, I wrote a whole book. I, I, I don't believe his story about the African father, okay? Oh, so I, well, I no kidding. No, kid, no yeah. kidding. You, yeah. what, what, what part of it do you not believe? I don't believe any of it. Any well, of it. Well, I mean, do you think his parents were married? I, I think his I think his father is Frank Marshall Davis. <laughs> he, he's Frank. He is Frank in. Uh, well, well, I don't think that the ordinary, father, he I, is I, Frank. He's I think Frank. my wife was watching this. I'm sure the world's finest human being, the absolute goddess of goddesses, the number one human there has ever been on this planet, uh, is watching this, and I very, 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 very very, very, very much doubt, very much doubt that she knows who Frank Marshall Davis is. So perhaps she would be kind enough to tell us, and I believe that please do not spare the use of the words Communist Party of the United States. Paul Kangor wrote a book in 2012 called The Communist, the untold story of Frank Marshall Davis, Barack Obama's mentor. And um, he was, not only a, a member of the Communist Party, he was in fact a Soviet agent. He was on the FBI's security index. In, yeah. in, in case of war, he would have been Im- imprisoned. The party sent him to Hawaii. That was before Hawaii was a state. Stalin was trying to bring Hawaii into the Soviet orbit at, at that time. I, I, I am really floored about, floored about this because I never knew this and I 
consider myself humiliated as I never do about this new Stalin was trying to make Hawaii a, a part of the Soviet Union? Right. Before 1959. Wow. Uh, Harry Bridges and the the, the, where the uh, Longshoremen's Union were involved in that, and Davis worked for them. Now, on the, the Kenyan, Barack Obama, at the Schomburg Center for African History in New York, they have all of Barack Obama's writings from 1959 to 1964. In that corpus, there is not a single mention of an American wife and an American born son, not one. And it's- So wait a second, so what, what did you do from that, comrade? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't believe his story. Now, it recently came out that all the stuff in Dreams from My Father about the visit to Africa- That was all made up. No, it wasn't made up, it was ripped off from a book uh, by this woman, Italian woman, Kuki Goodman, I think her name is. And at Front Page Magazine, we ran a, a piece about it. So there's huge parts of it are, are just ripped off. I mean, I, I think the book Kooky has- Good, Kuki Goodman? Yeah, Kuki Goodman, something like that. I don't have- Like a, as in Kuki, Kuki, lend me your comb? Something like that, yeah. I don't, Ed Burns was the ghostwriter, I, I don't know. <laughs> this, this this is absolutely great and it just so wait, 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 wait. i want i want to know more about this what the hell stalin was trying to make hawaii into a republic of the soviet union sure sure he had he wow. had but, 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 but by 1959 stalin was long dead no the, the, the soviet union was doing that that was that wasn't stalin personally Stalin died in 53, but before Hawaii was a state, the Soviet Union was still in its expansionist phase at that time. One documentary you might want to see on that is uh, Dreams from My Real Father, uh, Joel Gilbert. That came out in 2012. That deals with this whole issue. The issue isn't whether he was born in the United States. The issue is the identity of the father. And he gets into Davis uh, very thoroughly and, and shows how the, the, the U.S. Communist Party and um, Harry Bridges was a member of that party. And he had the, the longshore workers gear, geared up to support the, the, the Soviet efforts for, for Hawaii and, and, and any other place. Wow. Back, wow. Back, wow. Back in the wow. 30s also with the, the wow. Workers. Wow. Wow. I'm sorry, back in the 30s, let's see, I'm sorry. Well, Bridges, Bridges was the conduit to bring Soviet money down to Hollywood for, for, to help the party in Hollywood, help them organize and, and so on. And in the violent strikes after World War II that I describe in my book, Hollywood Party, uh, Bridges brought down longshore workers to help with that effort. It was, it was literally warfare in the streets. There's, there's been nothing like it in the United States. There was, um, there, there, it's fabulously interesting, Lloyd. Thank you very much. There is a very, very wonderful documentary called The World at War. Uh, I hope you've seen it. If you haven't, you are missing a bet. Uh, and it does mention that the Communist Party was, this is a beauty, before the Hitler, the, the, the Ribbentrop-Molotov Pact, the Communists were actively subverting U.S. armaments production that was to, to, to go to Britain, protect Britain from the Nazis, because Stalin had ordered them to subvert American and stop American armaments production that could have uh, gone to help the British fight off Stalin. That's right. That's right. The Communist Party picketed the White House during the, during the pact to prevent Roosevelt from sending aid to, to, to the British. And, and actually sabotaged North American aviation in Burbank. That's right. So many of us, Judah uh, lives fairly near there where that used to be. And I've certainly been there many times on my way to the Burbank airport. Uh, and I'm sitting here with a young, lovely young lady who I think lives 
well, somewhere near there, but not, I don't know where exactly, frankly. But anyway, so but this is yes, this was L.A. was a gigantic, uh, enormous uh, weapons production area, and uh, the uh, this, the uh, attempt at sabotaging armaments made to defend Britain from Hitler by the American communists and British communists was just breathtaking. I mean, they, they were amazing. It's, it, it's, it's little known. And, and Frank Davis joined the party after the Nazi Soviet pact. When, when the pact was signed, many people left the party never to return. But he, he joined after. And interestingly enough, everything under the Obama name after Dreams from My Father, Frank is completely missing. He's like, Trotsky being airbrushed out of the photos. And now the most recent book, which is A Promised Land, released in October of 2020, Dreams from My Father is not even mentioned in it. That's not even in there. I, I would encourage everybody, everybody to read that, buy that book and read it. I mean, the, the falsehoods, it, it's a confessional. It's a confession. The, the fact the question, what was Frank Marshall Davis's real name? That's it. I don't think so. You don't try think so? Again. Try again. <clears throat> I don't know. As, as far as I know, that's his, I don't, he may have had a nom de guerre or something like that. Try again. Let's look, let's look it up. Let's, let's look into it. Well, if you know it, why are you? No, I, just... I, I think that's just look, this look down. I think this man is a very, very talented researcher and scholar, and I think he can, he can find it out. Um, uh, I, uh, Frank it Marshall. Be on this did... show. What? It won't be on this show. No, it won't be. No, it won't be. <laughs> his, pe his pen name was Frank Bogany, uh, oh. and that's all it says. He, and he wrote a pornographic novel under um, Bob, the name Bob, Bob Green. <laughs> called sex rebel black i quoted extensively in my in my book i am fascinated that you know this stuff and i'm fascinated by this conversation going back and forth well let, let me bring up another point david garrow's massive book rising star the making of barack obama this thing weighs five pounds it's it's a thousand words a thousand words is not very many. A thousand pages. Thousand no. pages. Excuse me. Uh, on about page five hundred and something, he says, "Dreams from My Father, without any doubt, is not an autobiography. It is not a memoir. It is a novel, and the author is a composite character in that novel." Now he gets into Frank. Uh, Marshall Davis in that book. Now, if you have a mentor, let's just call him the mentor now. If you have a mentor who is a Communist Party member, a Soviet agent, and a pornographer, you are not going anywhere in the Democrat, even in the Democratic Party, you're not going to go anywhere. Unless you are Black. <laughs> anyway, after the, it was only after the Barack Obama died, and, and this is all in the dreams from my father that they cooked up, cooked up this idea, and Garrow Garrow gets into it quite a bit, and so so does uh, well, Paul Kangor doesn't he's not interested in the fatherhood idea, but the influence of Davis on Obama's politics, I mean it's 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 a mirror image, you know. Every, everything Frank wanted. Those are the dreams, people. Those are the dreams. You know, the 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 African Barack Obama was was a man of the left, but he was not a communist, and he opposed strenuously Soviet interference in in Africa. He warned people about the Soviet Union in Africa, and the places where they had influence, uh, Ethiopia, for example. It was, it was a complete, complete disaster. You had Colonel Mengistu and, 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 and... One of the worst mass murdering, sadist, torturers 
there has ever been in the continent of Africa, and that's saying a lot. Yeah, yeah. And uh, also uh, Mozambique with uh, Reynamo, which was a pro-Soviet regime. They even have an AK-47 on their flag. Oh, yes, yes, of course, of course. This is, I got to tell you, if you just tuned in, you are listening to the best history lesson you will ever get on the world, according to Ben Stein. I was totally not planned for this history lesson, but I'm actually quite fascinated. We're joined well, by Lloyd. We, uh, well, God bless you. God bless you, Judah. All, all you have to really know about this history lesson, it, it, it isn't complicated at all, is that the uh, influence of the Communist Party in uh, the making of the real or false uh, Mr. Obama is that the, the guy was just stamped out like out of a factory uh, of communist of communism, and, that, and he was stamped out, and that's how that's how he came out. Now, actually, considering the fact that he wasn't that bad a president, considering that fact, um, I was I was going to say that the for the communist party, the, the communist party did not believe that blacks were, were actually Americans. And the Communist Party had a concept of a separate nation for Black people in, in, in the South. If you look at an article I wrote on front page called uh, Black Belt Apartheid, I, I, I get into that. And you, you have CPUSA influence on groups like Black Lives Matter and, and, and so on. It's like a, a, separate, a separate nation for, for Blacks in the United States. That, that, was, that was what the Communist Party wanted. That's what they sought. Well, they didn't get it. No, they, uh, although they're getting, they're working on their, they're working on it day and night, but they're not, they're not going to get it. And I need, and I need to push back Ben a little bit. I know domestically, Obama might have been semi okay, but his foreign policy blunders, his foreign, his foreign policy was some were some of the worst foreign policy disasters uh, in modern history. His. The, the way he treated Israel, obviously, the creation of ISIS, which he called the JV squad. The world was the world the, the, far before Trump came in, the world was burning on fire. I mean, we, we I'm not saying that was all Obama's fault. Obviously, Bush's foreign policy led to Obama's foreign policy. But nonetheless, Ben, that foreign policy was atrocious and it's now atrocious again. No, no question, no question about that, and perhaps worse than it was before. But again, I, I didn't say huh. it was George Washington. I didn't say he was uh, President Monroe. I didn't say he was President Lincoln. I said, considering the fact that he was yes, a yeah, yeah, good, yes, party, he wasn't bad. Right, right. He was. He was. He, he, yes, gratefully. You know, here's a better point, Ben and Lloyd. Can you imagine? If if Obama was the leader today, uh, how with 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 the way, with the way the progressive movement is, the the reins that he would have, and unlike this stumbling guy with four pictures on the wall, we how dangerous our country and world would be if Obama held the reins, truly held the reins. I, we think he probably yeah, that would does. Be ter- terrifying, yeah. terrifying, terrifying, absolutely terrifying, absolutely. Terrifying, and I am very, very glad that at age 77, I have been able to live the great majority of my life in a real great America that is uh, just the best place in the world. And I will also tell you, if I may, that I, your humble servant, just came back late last night from North Sandpoint, Idaho, uh, a small town in the extreme north of, of Idaho, uh, on a very, 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 very big, beautiful lake called Lake Ponderay. And there it is still America. And I urge you, if you can, before you die, go up there and see what America is and was. And uh, yeah, you'll, you'll be very, very glad that you saw what America, excuse me, is and was. And well said. And Lloyd, I want to get, get to that quickly because I often say, I, I, I said, I, Listen, I, I am Trump sycophant 101. I openly and honestly admit that out loud. Uh, but on some levels, him losing, and I say that with air quotes to the people that are listening on the audio, it, the greatest gift we have is, is that the progressives and the left couldn't control themselves. 
Had they had four more years to have that perfect Manchurian candidate in, we would truly, truly be, that would truly be the death of the Constitution. But because they're so excitedly anti-American, anti-Constitution, anti-Semitic, anti-everything, I think they jumped the shark, as you would say, Lloyd, and it actually helped us really see as your column, The Life of Brian, they're openly admitting to what they're doing, Lloyd. It's well, a, you saw that in the Hollywood, um, in the aftermath of World War II in Hollywood, the, the left had this, this triumphalism. You know, people would, actors would be thrown up against, you know, what, when we take over, we're going to put you up against the wall and shoot you, that, that kind of stuff. So, so there's, a, there's a triumphalist strain to it, to it now. Well, but there's also a strain to it that we had a very a charismatic leader of the Republican Party uh, in the uh, 2016 election, and uh, that was a great help too. And uh, his charisma had been soiled by the uh, media throwing just piles and piles of dog doo doo on him for four years and making it seem as if he was a terrible guy when he was really a great guy. So uh, that was. Uh, a real problem, too, for the Republican Party and for America. Can I can I can I dial back to 2012 briefly? Please, please, my boy, please. All all this I'm talking about uh, questions about o Obama's provenance. That all came out in um, in 2012. The dreams from my real father, and Paul Kangor's book. So the Republican candidate, and you know who he is. He had all that. He could have availed himself of all that, that research. And it's very thorough stuff, trust me. And he did nothing. And it was him later on who said he called Trump a fraud yeah. and a phony. He still does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, he, and, and, I, and as Trump said, I mean, so accurately, He'd never seen somebody choke as badly as uh, Romney did during a debate, and he truly—it was—it was a moment in time where, and Ben, this is going forward. We often talk about this. You can see the people that follow Trump and follow Trump's lead are having great success. I want to give people a heads up. Tuesday night, six p.m., we're going to have Doug Mastriano again on. Uh, future governor, God willing, of the great state of Pennsylvania. If you look at, uh, I can never remember her name, the woman running for governor in Arizona, uh, people that are not running away from that Trump-esque thing, Ben, are having waves of success. And uh, those that cower like the Romneys and the, the Liz Cheneys and all these people um, will no longer cease to exist, Ben. Well, wait a minute. You mean well, 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 you mean well, well. I don't mean living water. wise, but Liz Cheney's going to lose her seat in Wyoming. You gave us a double negative there. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, well, uh, I, I think uh, Liz Cheney is a little bit different from the other people because this is just an opinion. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not an MFCC. She's clearly insane. I don't think she does what she does because she's coward or because she's being given instructions by someone she's just out of her mind uh but uh the others perhaps not so much and poor mr ron he he i mean he is really such a sad 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 character and a real sonda as we jews would say for the jew republican party a real shame and disgrace but anyway let's hope let's hope 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 that somehow the word gets around that you can say that a man is, a, is, is not a very good president, that he was created as a stalking horse for the Communist Party of the Soviet Union, uh, and you're not called a racist for it. Let's say you're just tell, telling the truth, but probably not. It's probably too late to tell the truth in America without being called a racist. It's probably too late for that, and that means it's too late for an awful lot of other good things. Uh, you're, you're, yeah, Lloyd, as we're wrapping up, that Ben, that's a brilliant point. And something I was thinking about today as we're wrapping up, Lloyd, uh, quickly, first of all, we need to give it, get into the bodega story, but that's for a whole other time. But Lloyd, it, it's very interesting, and they don't realize it's happening to them. And we discussed this the other night. 
it, when Republicans don't stand up for themselves, eventually there's nobody to stand up for them. But it, it, the Democrats have told everybody that it's no longer the party if you believe in if you're pro-life. You you have no space in their party. What the what it, it's amazing as I wanted to wrap this up. They talk about communism. They don't realize how the what the next platform is going to be to that. It could be if you support Israel, you no longer have a place in the Democrat Party. Sure. If you sorry, like go ahead. Well, I, there's there's a vast literature on on communism, the adulation of the Soviet Union by American intellectuals and so on. It's all out there. The, the, this fathomless ignorance uh, of history. That's that's what empowers much of what is what is going on. You are so right. It is, a, it is an astonishing thing. I I have um, uh, injured my knee quite badly from an accident and, uh, a couple of years ago. And, and so I'm surrounded by nurses all the time. And uh, these nurses are intelligent people. They're wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people. And they know nothing about the horrors of communism and about what communism means in terms of the deprivation of human life uh, by the millions or tens of millions. And I think this is even more true of American young people who just don't have any clue as to what Bolshevik or Chinese communism means. I was talking to a, a, a wonderful young woman who does my wife's nails, a really, 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 really beautiful young woman from Vietnam. Uh, who uh, and I was explaining to her about uh, what uh, Ho Chi Minh had done when he took over in 1954 after the French and the French uh, Accords, and how he had killed ten millions of people. And she was just—I might as well have been telling her the moon was made of green cheese. I mean, she she simply could not talk to it at all. Well, this and as we're running out, like this goes to Ben's, the whitewashing of the the brainwashing of history, which is, you know, I had a, I have a very smart friend who became a conservative, uh, and he was and this is a true story. He called me up one time and we were talking about Trotsky, and he was like, "Well, he wasn't so bad," and I was like, uh, "And I'm talking about a very bright guy, well read," and I said. By well, what I think, I think by, by what, how do you consider him very bright? No, well, know? listen, he, he this is what he was said. taught. This Ben, this is what he was taught in universities. They brainwash, they, 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 they romanticize people like Trotsky. And I said, by what metric is Trotsky not that bad of a guy? How many millions needed to die for him to be, well, he wasn't Stalin, uh, you know, and, 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 and this is what, the brainwashing of history has happened. I mean, it's an absolute, uh, and we have to be very, and, and so please, I want two books from each of you that people should read about history that will change their thinking, if you both could offer up two books, at least. By yours truly, The View from Sunset Boulevard, about the communist, well, left-wing domination of Hollywood, and an incredible book by a man named Mr. Moynihan uh, about called The Russian Century, about what communism in Russia was like and what an incredible horror it was. Also, The Fall of the Roman Empire. Um, can, I, can I give mine? Yes, please. Sidney Hook, Out of Step, An Unquiet Life in the 20th Century. If you want to know about Stalinism and the Soviet Union, Sidney Hook is the man to read. Also, Malcolm Muggeridge, Chronicles of Wasted Time, now in a single volume. He was, uh, he, he broke the story on the Ukraine famine, which Walter Durante of the New York Times denied. So those two books will tell you uh, what you need to know. And, 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 then, and, and I might add, at, at this point, when, it, when Walter Durante was writing about this, the New York Times was an explicit explicit organ of the Soviet Communist Party. Absolutely. Well, gentlemen, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. That was uh, absolutely amazing. Lloyd, you were great. Uh, you are, you're from the Independent Institute. You write for American Greatness three times a week at least. You contribute pretty much all over. I don't want to mention because it, it might have been only one article that you wrote for them. But it says a lot of places, buy Lloyd's book. What's the name of it again, Lloyd? Which one? 
What's the what's the one you think people should read now? I think you should read Barack Em Up. It's on Amazon. Barack Em Up. Barack Em Up. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, I love that whole question about the provenance. It's okay. Barack Em Up. That's a great name. And of course, you can find us, benstein.substack.com. We will be back Saturday night, probably just the two of us. Benjamin, Jeremy Stein, and myself. But Tuesday night, Doug. Thank you, Mrs. Lovett. You, by the way, my mother, who's just a great, she was at home correcting me too. Every time I said I got bit by a mosquito, she would say bitten, and I'd be <laughs> like, I can't get away from from Ben or my mother. And uh, it was it was it was uh, phenomenal. And. Of course, we have Doug Mastriano on again on Tuesday night, future governor of the great state of Pennsylvania. Ben Stein, you can find them at spectator.org, of course, Newsmax here, everywhere. Ben, take us out. Gone are the days when my heart was young and gay. Gone are my friends from the cotton fields away. Gone from the earth to a better land I know. I hear their gentle voices calling, old black doe. I'm coming, I'm coming, for my head is bending low. I hear the gentle voices calling, old Perfectly. Who sang that? It is a, uh, what, what used to be called when I was in elementary school, a Negro spiritual. Yes. But I believe it was uh, popularized by a, I, I could be wrong about this. I don't want to say this as gospel because I'm not sure it is popularized by a very left-wing uh, folk singing group called the Weavers. They, Thank they you were, for that. They were a bunch of communists, too. Oh, you bet. You bet. This is great. You, you, the two of you, we can have conversations with us all night. Thank you again. We'll see you Saturday night to Hockey Love and the Ranthers. You're right. We won't be alone. We'll have you, the Ranthers, with us. God bless you all. God bless America. God bless the God Ukraine. God bless America. Yep. Amen. Have a great God night, everybody. Ukraine. Bye-bye.